Listen up, everybody. On Tuesday, March 19th, 4.15 Eastern Time, that's 1.15 here local in LA, I'll be hosting a webinar to discuss Cambria's two new ETFs, the Cambria Tactical Yield ETF, ticker TYLD, and the Cambria Micro and Small Cap Shareholder Yield ETF, ticker MYLD. Head over to Cambria's Twitter and LinkedIn pages to find the registration link. Once again, that's March 19th at 4.15 Eastern Time. Look forward to seeing you. Carefully consider the fund's investment objectives, risk factors, charges, and expenses before investing. This and other information can be found by visiting our website at www.cambryfunds.com. Read the prospectus carefully before investing or sending money. Investing involves risks, including the potential loss of capital. The Cambry ETFs are distributed by Alps Distributors, Inc., member FINRA, FINRA. Welcome to the Meb Favor Show, where the focus is on helping you grow and preserve your wealth. Join us as we discuss the craft of investing and uncover new and profitable ideas, all to help you grow wealthier and wiser. Better investing starts here. Meb Faber is the co-founder and chief investment officer at Cambria Investment Management. Due to industry regulations, he will not discuss any of Cambria's funds on this podcast. All opinions expressed by podcast participants are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Cambria Investment Management or its affiliates. For more information, visit cambriainvestments.com. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Feliz Navidad to all the podcast listeners. I'm here in snowy Colorado in my office based here, also known as My bedroom at my mom's house. It's beautiful outside. Hopefully going to get some skiing in this week. But uh, the podcast today is going to be a little different. So first I wanted to, as we kind of wind down on into year end, take a look back. You know, it's only been six months since the podcast started, but we've done about 30 episodes. Recently got named one of the top five investing podcasts by The Journal, and we've had almost 400,000 downloads with listeners in countries all over the world. So a huge thanks to everyone been listening in. It's been probably more fun for me than anyone else. Uh, we got a lot of really wonderful guests and ideas coming up in the new year. But again, please send us feedback. So as you've listened for the first six months, uh, shoot us a line at feedback at themebfavorshow.com. Also, if you have any questions for the Q&A, um, and it would mean a lot in this holiday season to leave a review on iTunes, no matter how short or one star to five stars doesn't matter to me. Just we would love to see the feedback. A quick housekeeping, you know, um, as we go into the year end, a couple other ideas. One is we're getting ready to publish a 2.0 version of our Trinity paper. You can find it on the Cambria Investments website as well as if you're on our email list from either mebfaber.com or Cambria, uh, you'll get the updated paper link. And, and we incorporate some ideas and questions that we frequently had over the past few months on the paper. So updated that with some new ideas that I think will will be really interesting for readers. And then second, as you're looking to your investments and you're in, take a quick look at Cambria Investments. Uh, we recently launched our Cambria Digital Advisor, have had hundreds of investors sign up, and it's been a pretty cool experience for someone who's moved all of his assets, investable assets, uh, public public investable assets into an automated solution as well as our clients. Now, I can honestly say that I can't fathom anyone doing it another way uh, or going back. So let's move on to the podcast portion. What we're going to do today, we're not going to have a guest. We're not going to do a Q&A. We're going to do something a little different where 
we look back to every episode, if you remember, going back all the way to the first episode, and this was born out of a blog post we did last summer, we ask a simple question of all the guests, uh, something called, things I find beautiful, useful, or somewhat magical. Maybe it's downright magical. I can't remember the original post. And we've had so many wonderful, beautiful responses from people, everything from apps to recipes to philosophies and everything in between. So we're going to splice this up as kind of a best hits from kind of like a sports center top plays of the year. We're going to have all of the episodes and things we find beautiful, useful, and magical. So enjoy. Happy New Year's and see you all in 2017. Our first episode shows just me talking, and it's an introduction to the things we find beautiful, useful, magical with the idea and app that started it all. Lastly, I'm going to finish up every episode with a little segment. There was a really popular blog post we did a few months ago, and it was sparked by a conversation I was having with a couple in New York. We were having dinner at a little Italian restaurant in Brooklyn. And as usual, when I travel, we start veering off the conversation into beautiful, beautiful places you've been, wonderful new apps that you've used or things that you find just really wonderful. And we were having a conversation. I mentioned a few and they said, huh, man, I wish someone had told me about that a year ago. I said, you never heard about this. It's such a, it's made a huge impact in my life. And I said, you know what? Maybe a lot of other people would like to hear about some of these things as well. So we did a blog post called Things I Find Beautiful useful or downright magical. And so you can look up the whole list on there, but I figure on each, each episode we'll tackle just one thing that I find that fits into one of those categories that people may find of interest as well. And I'll, I'll start with the first one that sparked the conversation in general, and that was using a password manager called Dashlane. And there's a number of these out there. I think LastPass is another one, but it's a very simple piece of software that sits on your computer, sits on your phone, and every time you get to a website, it stores your password, auto-completes all of them, auto-completes your name, address, you can save credit card information, airline information, everything possible on the planet. It probably saves me 20 minutes a day inputting all these things. Also on your phone, so if you're going to a hotel or car rental and you want to show your points number, all in one place. It's a really wonderful resource uh, called Dashlane. Our next episode has our first guest, Patrick O'Shaughnessy, with probably one of the most unique uh, suggestions for the podcast, as well as one of my favorite resources for investors and individuals to save a lot of money uh, that they probably don't know the government has. So I think you should buy a Grand Fours American Felling Axe, which will cost you about... 200 bucks or so. I don't even know what that is. So you mean like a, cho- a chopping wood axe? So it's an axe. There's okay. a lot of different kinds of axes. There's one for, you know, mall axes for like splitting wood, like splitting firewood. A felling axe is for, for taking down a tree yourself without a chainsaw. So I, I moved out of New York City. I lived there for eight years, um, about almost two years ago now because my wife and I had kids and we wanted some more you space. You around with an axe in New York City, you're going to get arrested. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I had never, uh, never, never chopped anything and never, had never done any hatchet work. And now I've got kind of this, this collection of axes and hatchets and things because I live in the woods. And so I take trees down myself and it is, I think it's like my, it's the thing I look forward to the most. It's incredibly meditative. I feel like some people are going to listen to this and find this a little concerning. That's all right. <laughs> they're they're going to redeem from the hey, you know ones. Like as, our, as our, anything, our don't, main don't, PM. Don't, don't has... knock it till you try it. It's a, it's an incredibly <laughs> therapeutic thing to do. 
there's this awesome, actually, there's, so here's a third book I can throw in there. There's a book called Norwegian Wood, which is about um, basically chopping, splitting, seasoning, stacking, and burning wood um, because it's one of the main fuel sources in Scandinavia. And there's this incredible like history and um, kind of like ecology component to all this that's, I think, worth people's time. So if you live in a wooded area, getting a good felling axe and going at a tree, if you had a hard day, pretty uh, pretty good way to burn some stress. Oh, all right, I'll buy one of those, leave it at my house <laughs> in Colorado. It won't do me any good here in L.A. All right, well, mine is one that probably listeners have heard me talk about before. It's a website called unclaimed.org. And what this is, is many people don't know, but most state treasuries have billions left over in investor assets that people have either, it's either dividend checks that they moved or utility bills, or they have stock they forgot about. So for you or your family members, you can go on to unclaimed.org, type in your name, you click on which state, and you should also check the states you used to live in and type in your name. And those are your family members and you can find assets. We've found to date over 200 grand worth of assets for our blog readers, for investors. A guy in the office found, a um, new employee found $16,000 of his uncle's. My partner found $50,000, which I think is the highest. There was one that was either fifty dollars or $80,000. So also, if you're a financial advisor, there's probably no other better client retention method. It's a little creepy, but whatever. If you search your clients, find that they have assets, they'll be a client forever because A, you found them money. B, it's money that the government has, so you're taking it back from the government. And three, you're thinking about them. So unclaimed.org, wonderful resource. Check it out. If you find more than 100 bucks, shoot me an email. Send me a bottle of tequila. I'll be happy. Um, you'll be happy. Episode three, just Jeff and I. As usual, Jeff comes up with an oddball suggestion, and mine is a website that recently got acquired for 30 million bucks. What do you find useful, beautiful, or downright magical? And we've had some interesting responses so far. I've had my original was Dash Lane, and then Patrick came on and, and suggested an axe of all things. Jeff, you uh, you have something for us? Uh, something I have to do a lot, and you know, my job here is is a lot of researching and trying to download various reports and looking into uh, all sorts of different data information. And a lot of it uh, requires email addresses. They want to capture data on you, but I'm not always wanting to give out my email address. So a site I've used several times is fakemailgenerator.com, which uh, actually will spit you out a fake email address, which you can put into whatever site you're at, and any mail that goes to that email address will immediately go to you at that site. So you never have to break out any uh, email addresses or anything. You'll get whatever uh, whatever they're sending um, hassle-free. That sounds incredibly shady. All right. Well, uh, to those hiding out in Chile from the U.S. government, there you go. Mine is a site called Wirecutter. And this is a site that you can go to. Older folks may remember CNET. You know, people probably still use that. I have no idea. But let's say I go online. I want to buy a, the best fan. Or, you know what? I don't want to go spend 20 hours of research, researching a TV, which, by the way, there's a great TIA Kreft study that talked about people spend more time researching a TV than focusing on their retirement investing assets. <laughs> 
I don't want to spend time on this. I just want someone to tell me, look, what's a consensus best reviewed? What's the best deal? Where can I buy it? Just tell me what to do. And Wirecutter does this for, they started out with electronics. They do a composite reading of all the reviews from different sites, but then they go and test them all themselves. And then they, the way they make money is, of course, through affiliate links. So they'll list, so they're, they're unbiased because they'll get paid no matter what, which one they recommend. But, you know, you click through, they'll get an Amazon affiliate link or whatnot. But it has saved me vastly, vast amount of hours through buying a lot of just, I mean, even things like a surge protector or the best kitchen knives or whatever it may be. Anyway. Covers that many things? It covers, because they have a home version too. So the original was just for electronics, but they've expanded into all sorts of different stuff. Now, the bad news is you'll probably go on there and end up spending a bunch of money, but it also has a big time saver as well. So that's a great one. Episode four, we got Wes Gray of Alpha Architects uh, with a website suggestion, and I toss in my favorite, one of my favorite recipes as well as a website that lets you bid on silent auctions and it all goes to charity. It's a bar from my wife. She actually uh, told me about it, but there, there's this really cool website. Uh, it has a weird name. It's camelcamelcamel.com. And what it is, it's like Bing Travel, where they, they tell you when the flights, like the best prices, like when to buy, when not to buy. And a lot of people don't know, but like Amazon changes their prices all day long and for a bunch of different reasons. And Camel, Camel, Camel just allows you to basically identify kind of when you can bottom tick your purchase of, you know, whatever you want to buy on Amazon. It's super cool. Recommend everyone check it out just to kind of get ahead of the Amazon algos. I feel like knowing you as a potential prankster, this would be like a really funny joke if that actually wasn't a what it was, but it's some like giant pop-up where someone's <laughs> going to be screaming on their on their computer and it's going to embarrass everyone when they open it. I hope so. I've never heard of this. so no, it's, it's totally legit. But that said, <laughs> if you go to alpha-architect.com, don't go there because it's a spammer guy and we can't do anything about it. But um, yeah, there's people do crazy things. But this one's legit. That's really funny because when I did the ideafarm.com, someone else has idea farm. And if you go to that site, it's altogether different, <laughs> different site than, uh, than a finance research portal. I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell anyone to go there, but it's, but it's, but it is unique. All right. My, my thing I find beautiful, useful, magical. I mean, two real quick. One, Nancy Silverton's pizza recipe. This is the best pizza recipe. I've cooked a gazillion pizza doughs from Whole Foods and Trader Joe's and everywhere else. And they always end up kind of just meh. This pizza recipe from a LA famous LA uh, chef baker is one of the best pizza recipes on the planet. The other one I'll give you is a website called Charity Buzz. And this lets you go online and bid on various sort of events, things like uh, lunch with, you know, uh, a famous actor or sports figure or tickets to Hamilton or a villa rental in Joshua Tree. And I kind of regret telling people this because it's not a very efficient market yet. And so a lot of these experiences or services will go for pretty low cost. And the good news is, is that it all goes to charity. So a really cool website for some unique ideas. Episode five, we have Jared Dillian with a suggestion for one of his favorite shirts. And Meb, we got two of my favorite apps, one a travel and one a car related app.
Actually, I'll go, I'm going to give two real quick. Two apps that I love that I've used in the past year that just work and are seamless. And this says a little bit about more life, my lifestyle. So if you, if you need to plan ahead for eight months, it's probably not going to work for you. Hotel Tonight is a wonderful app. I think a lot of people know about it now, but it allows you... It originally was just if you wanted to book a hotel for tonight. And it gives you a selection of... So if you travel to New York, for example, it gives you a selection of the best hotels in New York, often for half off. I've seen them from two-thirds off the price. Now it's even more user-friendly because it lets you book, I think, for up for a full week, a week ahead of time. And it's really a seamless app. And then a, a close tangent to that in this sort of app economy is what we call... Uh, I sold my last car using an app called Beepy. If you have a car that's been uh, within the last 10 years, for example, you know the floor is CarMax. You can take it to CarMax. You know that's the floor price you could sell this car. And you could probably get a, a higher price at something like uh, Craigslist, eBay. Huge pain in the ass, though. You got people coming to your house. They want to test drive it. They want to take it to their mechanic. BP will come out to your house, inspect the car, take it for a quick test drive, email you, I don't know if it's the next day, two days later, an offer. And that offer was probably 20% higher than CarMax. You can accept it or not. They list it on their website for a month. If someone buys it, they show up to your house, give you a check, take the car, drive away. Or if no one buys it in a month, they buy it. So anyway, check out both of those. We'll put all these notes in the show notes. Do you have something for us? Any ideas? I have a, a secret weapon when it comes to shirts. Just I am just religious. I just swear by these shirts. So they're called Eaton, E-T-O-N. Um, sort of, it was actually named after the British boarding school. And this is a Swedish company. Never heard of Swedish shirt makers. These shirts, they're expensive. You know, with tailoring, it's going to be about three hundred bucks a shirt. So these are dress shirts. Yeah, dress shirts. Yep. You know, you can roll it up in a ball and put an anvil on it, and then uh, a week later, pick it up, put it on, and your body heat will just make all the wrinkles go away within like ten minutes. They're indestructible. They don't stain. Every shirt I've had that I've owned for years just never falls apart. They look amazing. I always get compliments on them. The 300 bucks that you'll spend is totally, totally worth it. You definitely get your money's worth. Swear by these shirts. That's perfect for me because I spend a lot of time wrinkling and spilling crap all over all my clothes. Uh, you know what I was going to use for you if you didn't have anything? Was you mentioned in one of your speed rounds. And so re uh, listeners, Jared does a speed round at some of his issues where it's just kind of a stream of consciousness thoughts on whatever. And you mentioned, uh, you said, I'm not much into viral internet crap, but if you have three minutes, listen to Grace Vanderwall's audition on America's Got Talent. And so I actually listened, I'd, I'd heard about this and seen it go by. I hadn't listened to it, listened to it last night. And, and you're pretty right on, spot on. That was a awesome, awesome pipes out of a 13 year old girl. I think she's from New York. Yeah, she's from upstate New York. The funny I mean, really, the amazing thing about her is that, you, like, you can, you've seen 12 or 13 year olds that can sing. That's not new. What's different about, there's two things that are different about her. One is she's a musical prodigy. She's been writing music since she was three years old. And these songs that she writes, I mean, they're just incredible. The other thing is when she sings, it's like, it's like, it's like hearing the emotions of somebody who's like 40 years older. Like, she's at the maturity. It's, it's, it's hard to explain. Like, you know, when, when she gets to the quiet parts in the song, like the whole, the whole place was just silent. You know, I mean, it's just amazing. I said in a later piece that 
I think I really thought that she is like a once in a 30 year type of talent. Like, like, you know, Michael Jackson, like people like that, like she's that good. How, however, I'm going to read the line before this. So this is going to be the big caveat for you've also gone on record saying, I wanted that. I wanted that way is the best pop song ever created ever. Better than Michael, better than Madonna, better than everyone. So take, take what has just been said with a grain of salt, listeners. If you, uh, if you don't, if you, if you don't think that's the best pop song ever. Episode six, just me, a favorite browser extension. Today's is pretty basic. It is a, extension you can download for your browser. So when you're on the internet, if you're like me, you have like 40 tabs open at all times. Every time you click open a new tab, if you download what's called the, I think it's the momentum extension, it'll pop up some of the most beautiful photos you've ever seen. So I'm a big nature lover, spend a lot of time outdoors. So it'll be vistas from New Zealand or China or North Carolina, Canada, all over. It tells you where it is. It has a motivational quote at the bottom. But in the middle, it says, what are you trying to accomplish today? And you can type that in each day. It says, welcome, Matt. What are you trying to accomplish? You could type in, hey, I'm trying to finish this white paper. I want to read this book. So every time you tap open that new tab and think you're going to Twitter or Facebook or some other distraction, you get this beautiful reminder of, hey, maybe you want to get back on task a little bit. Anyway, it's a wonderful, beautiful, simple addition to your day that makes a big difference. Episode 7, Mev and Jeff Q&A. We have a website suggestion from Jeff and one of my favorite cooking sauces. Uh, well, I wasn't really prepared very well this time, so I asked someone here in our office, and she swears by a site called Uvu. That's O-O-V-O-O.com. And apparently what this is, is it's video conferencing. Think of like FaceTime. It's video conferencing that you can do at the same time with up to 12 friends. And it's free. So, uh, <laughs> also sounds kind of shady. <laughs> sounds like my nightmare. Well, it'd be good for families, right? Across right, the country, right. you could bring in, you know, it's, it's interesting because every time we've had half a dozen guests on this point of the episodes, I haven't heard of a single thing anyone has suggested. Not a single one of them. I mean, certainly not Patrick's axe. All right, so mine, uh, what's the website again? Uvu, O-O-V-O-O.com. Mine is completely different. It is a Korean chili sauce created by <laughs> David Chang, who's the chef at Momofuku. And you can buy this off their website. And it is kind of this funky thick ketchup but it's like a dark magenta color i put it on absolutely everything sounds questionable it's really good and but i like sauces like i'm a huge lozano fan from costa rica texas pete from hometown north carolina that's a good one anyway when are you going to give us more of your uh, personal recipes yeah well that, that wasn't one of my personal recipes the nancy silverton that's hers i, I don't oh, have any yeah, i outsource mine believe me <laughs> i have no interest in in coming up with any of my own Episode 8, Jeff's got the man's man's website, as well as one of my absolute favorite gifts and most beautiful sculptures sitting in my house. So we end every episode with things I find beautiful, useful, downright magical. I, I'm getting to the point where I'm going to stop asking Jeff because his seemed to be getting weirder, weirder. He was talking about, let's see, was it fake email websites and group video chat it's just it's you amazing, got anything else it's weird amazing this time stuff. too, or what? Yeah. What do you what do you got for us this time? Um, 
uncrate.com. It's a uh, cool website that's kind of oriented towards guys. It's got uh, gear and cars and tech and cool stuff. It basically profiles a lot of really uh, cool, fun stuff. I'm familiar uh, with that one. They've had, uh, they often have classic cars. And you know, my love of my first car was a 1983 brown Toyota Land Cruiser wagon. And I've always had a fascination with old Land Cruisers. So they, they, they put a bunch of cruisers on there. And it's actually really sad because did you know, by the way, that Japan came out with an, a 50th anniversary edition Land Cruiser? So with all new components, but with a classic body style, only for sale in Japan. And I don't think you can import, readers correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think you can import a car not for sale in the U.S. because it hasn't passed the safety standards. Didn't but I've, I've never been as sad as, as the day that I learned that they were putting out a new one, but you couldn't import it. So if I'm wrong, <laughs> readers, contact me. All right, uh, I'm familiar with that site, so um, you're off the hook. So mine is something a little different. And mine is a piece of art that I bought maybe a year or two ago that I could stare at all day. It's like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And I am going to murder this guy's name. It's Japanese. So Takeo, T-A-K-A-O, I-N-O-U-E, Inui? Any guesses? Takeo Inui. He has this sculpture, and we'll put a picture on the show notes, that is a dandelion encased in plastic acrylic. So it just looks like this dandelion hover, hovering in you know, midair. It's the most beautiful thing I think I've ever seen. It's for sale on a couple of Japanese websites. It's not cheap. It's like 200 bucks, and there's a bunch of variations of it. Anyway, check it out uh, if you have a wife, husband, girlfriend, coworker, advisor, client that you particularly like. It would probably be a really cool gift. I think it's on the website somewhere, Tokyo. But anyway, we'll add it to the show notes. That was a different one just to mix it up. Episode nine, Pete Modena brings to us a really interesting philosophy. And Meb has a website suggestion on how to outsource all sorts of crazy ideas. You asked me to think about this a little bit. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, kind of hit something I've been thinking about more recently. It's more of a, I think it's an insight, but maybe not. For folks like us, Meb, sometimes I think we work more than we should. And I find myself, maybe it's the curiosity in me, I find myself, you know, up at 11 o'clock at night writing some paper that I don't need to write for my career. (laughs) And I wonder why I'm doing it. and, And I realize I shouldn't be doing it, actually. And, you know, I'm trying to find that balance, you know, between between sort of these things that I do find interesting, but, you know, the rest of my life that has absolutely nothing to do with this. And I've kind of recently realized I've tried a number of things, whether it's, you know, I, I play tennis, I love to go fishing. It's first I heard, I didn't realize you were a fisherman. Uh, we got to connect on that later. Mm-hmm. But I, I've realized really, really lately that although I've tried a number of things since I've been 20, for example, I find myself reverting back to and enjoying the things I enjoyed when I was sort of in sixth, seventh and eighth and ninth grade. You know, kind of, I think there's a, you know, a formative time then kind of around middle, middle school where, I find myself just loving those things and fishing's an example of that or playing tennis or whatever may be the case. As a part of that, you know, the things I've learned later, I've been less good at and less persistent with. 
And as part of that, I'm, you know, I have two young girls now and I'm, and they're coming of that age now. I just want to make sure they have enough experiences between sixth grade and ninth grade so that when they are adults, you know, they'll have these hobbies and these interests that they'll love to go back to because they're the things they enjoyed when they were that age. You're heading to Europe soon, right? I am. Yeah. We're going, uh, we're going on vacation to actually to Croatia where I have some, my family's background and it's beautiful Dalmatian coast. I, I just I spent had some a couple fr- weeks there. I just so. had some friends that were sailing that coast and had, I, I was jealously looking at all of their photos. It looks pretty, yeah, pretty there's, awesome. There's a thousand plus islands, great history. It's kind of like Greece, but a little further north, a huge Roman and Croatian history there. Uh, it's, a, it's a fabulous, beautiful place. I don't want to market it too much because it's already starting to get too crowded. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember back all the things I loved doing in sixth, seventh grade. So obviously playing sports, but I might. It would have been. It wouldn't have been. It would have been laser tag back then. You know, <laughs> and there's a, a good investor we'll have on this podcast later who talks about. He says as the younger generation starts to age and hit kind of middle age and older and starts, you know, having the assets. If you think about investing, but in the collectible space or trading space of art collectibles, it's what did that generation covet when they were younger? Mm -hmm. And so this generation, it may be classic muscle cars of the 60s and all the things that that people interested in. And I'm trying to think about think about it later, but things that I would be interested in investing in that I really coveted, maybe as a Ken Griffey Jr. baseball card, I don't know, Upper Deck 89. I mean, all I know is I wish I did more things when I was in 7th, 8th, and ninth grade that I could do as an adult, because you're right when you hit sports, right? I played a lot of basketball and a lot of soccer. I just can't do that anymore, but I can play tennis, right? I can go fishing, and you know... Well, the one one that I just got back, so after I was on this crazy (laughs) road trip, Canada, Colorado to give a speech, and then to... Oregon, where I have a bunch of guy friends that are, I was by far the worst golfer. And so band and dunes, we went and played and, uh, I'd bought some clubs and rushed to get a handicap, but what a beautiful location. The biggest challenge I have with golf, it is such a massive time chunk, right? You know, it's a straight up four to six hours. That's pretty tough. If I could just go out and no one else is out there and go play, put in a podcast. That's a great example. It. I mean, you know, whether it's golf or sailing, another thing I, used to do a lot of, you know, they both take a lot of time. And so the trick is finding these things that don't take as much time, but you still enjoy and love. And, and again, if you get kids, I'm trying to think about those things. So they learn how to do them. And yeah, that just drag age, them along, so. just drag yeah, them exactly. along. All right. Well, mine is totally different and is a website called Fiverr. Have you heard of this? No, it's F I V E R R. It's a website where you can go on and basically pay anyone five bucks to do anything and that's that's a that's a stretch but say say you need a logo or you want someone to call your friend and sing him happy birthday in al pacino's voice or uh there's a couple i did where for valentine's day one time i had a bunch of drawings done and you know it's look first of all it's five bucks so none of these are going to be you know leonardo type drawings but they're really some of them actually became very good and some of them are really funny an interesting story, and we'll play this in a following podcast because I don't have it on me, but we, if anyone's ever heard Tosh.0, uh, the comedian on Comedy Central, he has a disclosure in the beginning he reads where it's, it's like, don't try this at home. These, you know, are things that will kill you if you do this at home. But he had someone dub it where it was Barack Obama's voice, you know, from all of his speeches. And so it's, it's very clear that he's not reading it, that it's cut up, but it's pretty funny. And so we 
put it on Fiverr, try to get people to, we have a disclosure where you read the beginning about Cambria and this is an investment advice, yada, yada. And so we had to try to get it dubbed for both Hillary and Trump ahead of this election time, just to see. And they're so hilariously bad. I wish I had them to play for. I'll play them in the next podcast. And we're certainly not going to include them because they're so horrifically bad, but it's pretty funny. But anyway, this website's wonderful. Even to the point where I was like, this is such a good idea, but why don't they start one where it's 20 bucks instead of five bucks? I was trying to buy the domain 20 spot, but it turns out it's a cafe in San Francisco that wouldn't sell it to me. I don't know if they're still around. I'll have to look up. Episode 11, Sam Stovall of S&P comes up with an interesting audio style book. And Meb, one of my favorites... A recipe is the wrong word. Kits, maybe? One of my favorite things to eat, but you can get it in the mail from Amazon. I remember somebody asking me a little while ago, Sam, how do you relax? You work on Wall Street. It's a high-paced industry. Uh, You spend the whole day staring at a computer screen, crunching numbers, etc. How do you get away from it all? Well, uh, I sort of look around to see whether I really want to admit this, but I'm a bird nerd. I'm not a bird watcher because I can't see the darn things. You know, they always hide behind the leaves. I guess they don't want to get eaten by birds of prey. So what I did many years ago was I purchased a CD series by the Peterson Field Guide Company called Birding by Ear. You'll be surprised as to the number of birds that you already know. You'll be listening to this CD and, and you'll say, wait a minute, I know that bird. I've heard that. I just didn't know what it's called. I know this one. I, I don't know what it's called, but I'm not one of the people who dresses up in the birding outfits or takes a notepad with me, but I do like to go for long walks uh, in the woods. Some people have always told me to take a hike, but this way it enhances that hike because I can, in a sense, be in tune with nature and identify the calls that I'm hearing. I don't need to have a smartphone looking for an imaginary Pokemon. I'm actually in the real world listening to real life around me. <laughs> I think that is the real world for a lot of people. That's an interesting one. We've, <laughs> we've had very eclectic answers so far, and certainly there hasn't been a repeat. Mine I'm going to give, I was just back in the South I grew up partially in North Carolina, and we grew up going to a lot of these redneck beaches, and I can say that because I'm Southern, I'm part redneck, but we were just in Florida this year, and one of my favorite things about the South, I get really homesick when I go back. I don't get homesick when I'm living in L.A., but I get when I go back to the South, I get homesick for the people and the food and everything, and there's some particular boxes I have to check off every time I go to the beach. You know, you got to get a bunch of steamed shrimp and some oysters, Sweet tea, although I can't handle the sweet tea anymore because it's too sweet, so I got to go have these on it. But there is something that I feel like the vast majority of Americans have never heard of, and that's called boiled peanuts. And if you're in the South, it's called boiled, they say boiled peanuts. You'll find these guys on the side of the road, usually shirtless, cooking out of a big tub. You get these peanuts that are heated and essentially boiled, and they're a little softer and salter or Cajun. You can find them in gas stations. It's the best thing on the planet. And I came back a few years ago, and I said, all right, I got a new business idea. I'm going to start becoming a bull peanut distributor online because you can't find these anywhere. And it turns out there's actually a couple brands. And there was one brand where they would send it to you 
in a pouch, but it would come in liquid or a can, which is pretty gross. But I just found on Amazon last week that you could buy these. Um, and the whole key is, by the way, I learned the hard way. You have to buy raw peanuts. And so the first time I had a buddy had a cookout here in L.A., I brought over. He's a southern guy. And I tried to make some bowl peanuts on the stove. And I put a bunch of peanuts in there. And after about an hour, they were still disgusting and hard. And a friend came up from Savannah, Georgia, actually Tybee Island, he said, Matt, what are you making? And I said, bowl of peanuts. He said, oh, I'm so excited. And I said, but the product, they're not working. What's, what's, do you have any suggestions? He's like, well, you bought green peanuts. What? Right. And I said, I never even heard of what that is. And he said, well, they're, they're raw. You have to buy raw peanuts. So now you can buy them online on Amazon and get a bowl of peanut kit, which is kind of embarrassing, but it's basically $8, you know, idiot fee for buying green peanuts. $8, they give you a little Cajun seasoning. And we tried some, it actually ends up pretty great. So that's it. Sam, you ever had bowl of peanuts? No, but I've seen them. I've heard about them. And being a fan of Deputy Dog in an early age, it's a cold day in the South before <laughs> I'll say I don't like boiled peanuts. Good. Well, that's uh, it, put it on your to-do list. If you, you haven't lived, if you haven't had boiled peanuts. Episode 14, Eric Crittenden has an interesting philosophy. And my input is one electronic and one of my favorite evolutionary biology books. Well, my answer is probably going to be different than answers you've gotten from other people. I've had to undergo a, a big change in my life recently as I went from, you know, you know how I used to be. I was a, a researcher doing a lot of programming, spending a lot of quality time with myself and my small research team back in the, back in the Black Star days. And now we have a firm that has uh, over 60 employees. So trying to scale our way of thinking, our um, critical thinking skills, is interesting. So I would say that the most beautiful thing that I've seen recently is when you can get smart people to work together as a team and build their own decision-making process, like scaling what we have at Longboard across other people. The return on investment is so high and the compounding is so great. And when you can help people to get past their own biases and learn how to be good critical thinkers and teach other people, it's very powerful when, when they work together as a team and can solve problems. So I've committed time and effort into training people, uh, and it's, it's actually pretty easy. I just explain to them why I have confidence in our own products. It's, it really is that simple. I show them how I made decisions, how we inverted logic. I give them examples like, um, you know, you probably heard this uh, example about the, the World War II bombers and survivorship bias where, you know, the Allied forces were studying bombers that returned from campaigns over Germany. And, you know, they lost a lot of bombers in, in, in the early stages of World War II. And they were trying to figure out ways to reinforce these aircraft such that, you know, they would have higher survival rates. So they hired all of these uh, statisticians to evaluate the data. And an interesting thing happened. They noticed very clear patterns in where these bombers would take fire and, and sustain damage. And they were very clear and obvious. And their first instinct was to reinforce those sections of the plane that took the most damage. But there was one statistician in particular, and I don't remember his name, but I'll send you the, the article if you haven't seen it. 
And he said, no, you're thinking about this the wrong way. You need to invert everything that you think and, and work backwards. It's, it's the information you don't have that's valuable. It's what you don't know that has the uh, hidden value. The bombers that didn't come back must have been getting hit in the other areas. So you need to invert the pattern, take the negative of it, and reinforce those sections of the planes. You're studying the survivors, and there's valuable information there, but you're misinterpreting it. Does that make sense? I love that. Uh, that's that's great piece of philosophy. It's kind of like you coming full circle. You're now going to be back, uh, be a professor at uh, Arizona or ASU, start teaching mechanical systems design. <laughs> well, I'm a professor at Longboard. In teaching people these things, and we use other examples here, like the Monty Hall problem with the three doors and people not switching doors, to demonstrate cognitive biases and, you know, the tendency that we all have, you know, our mammal brains suffer from the same delusions, but getting people to learn on their own rather than preaching to them, walking them through examples and showing them the results and letting them feel it and experience it and then learn on their own and then go out and teach other people and then having that cascade throughout the organization to the human resources department, the recruiting department, the trading operations department. And then you see them actually learn those lessons and then use those valuable insights in a totally different context. That's a beautiful thing to me. You know, it's funny because I, I, was, I started out as a biotech student as well. And eventually, similar to you, kind of slowly the path moved away towards investing in, in systems as well. And one of my biggest interests, is, interests has always been, you know, psychology, evolutionary biology. And so we'll, we'll probably have to have you on again in six months and we'll do a, a pure psych episode. But, you know, all right, so, so one of my beautiful, useful things, and I was going to say Dyson fans, but, uh, and I don't mean Dyson fans, like the one you see at the airport, which I actually think are kind of gross, but the ones, they have these fans you can get for home and they're the most beautiful fans. They're expensive, two, 300 bucks, but they also have ones now that'll blow hot air, cold air. And for someone who doesn't have any AC at my house, they're a lifesaver. But I'm not going to say that. Um, I'm going to give you a book rec now because of your mention of evolutionary kind of psychology ideas or just psych in general. It was called, it was written by British professor Olivia Judson called Dr. Tatiana's Sex Advice to All Creation. And it's not, has nothing to do with really with sex, but it has everything to do with animals and species around the world and how they've evolved against each other. And it's such a wonderful book that. Um, there's so many books that cause you to take a step back and think about the world in a different way. And your inversion comment, I think, is so useful to go look at all your ideas and process and say, all right, let's let's flip this and kind of understand what's what's uh, what's going on. This book, in a similar way, has you thinking about a lot of things in in a different way. Episode 17, we have the Canadian Resolve crew, Butler Philbick Gordillo, that has a whole bunch of suggestions. And one of my favorite things, it almost feels barbaric to go back to, but some import from Japan that I wish I had in my house. All right, so I, I try to think about things that have really changed or enhanced my life. And uh, one of the things that I can't live without anymore are my Bose noise reduction earphones. So these are the ones that sit inside the ear. And they are the only version of a noise reduction headphone. If you travel on any kind of subway to and from work, you're probably not going to throw big headphones over your ears. And these ones work 
fantastically well. Even when you don't want the noise reduction, the clarity and the detail that you can hear in your music is a huge enhancement. So that that has been life-changing for me. Are these traditional wire, or are they Bluetooth yet? Or are you, you still wired into your... Uh, they are wired in. They're not Bluetooth, and uh, and that that maybe we should send a letter to uh, Bose to uh, to get them to do a wireless version. Oh, you know they're on it already. You know they've been yeah. working on it for five years, right? They just need to get it exactly right. Exactly. Mike yeah. likes so much. He likes them so much that he buys a new set every two weeks that he loses. Yeah. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. And before any listener goes out and buys them, <laughs> there's different versions for Android and Apple. Good to know. Seeking the right one, which I have made, and they're like three hundred and fifty bucks. So yes, I have multiple pairs. Good to know. Anything else from you guys? Yeah, I have a, I have a cheaper, <laughs> I have a cheaper option. You know, one, I'm a father of two girls, four year old and a two year old, and a lot of what we do requires us to read, right? So trying to find time in my day to manage the team and also go back home, take care of the kids, take care of the wife and, and read the material that I need to read is nearly impossible. So I've taken to, uh, you know, audible and, uh, and podcasts like yours, which I love, but there's an app called natural read where you can, it has a built in browser. So whenever you're browsing, if you're reading an article or blog online, you can just let it read it to you while I'm driving or, uh, you know, if I'm cooking for the family, I have it on my earphones. It reads it out to you. White papers, it, you put a PDF in there, it reads it all out to you. So, you know, I'm an audible learner, and I think anybody that has an inclination to that should should pick it up. So Natural Read is an app on, on the iPhone. What do, you, what do you listen to that on? What do I listen to that on? What do you mean? Your Bose Quiet Comfort. <laughs> no, I, can't, I can't afford it. I'll, I lose my stuff every two days. So and can you, can you select, like, Canadian accent on, on that? You can, Latin. actually. You Peruvian can, oh, you accent. Can select different, you can select different... Voices, male, female, different accents. Yeah, yeah. Cool. A little Texas y'all in there too. Cool. That's right. Any more? Is that a third, or are you or were you finished on that side? Mike, yeah, my, mine was a, a nerdy one that I'm not even gonna gonna spend any time on. But I think open source programming has been the single greatest life changer for me over the last three four years. Just learning R and, and Python and all the different packages and and uh, functions and stuff that other people produce to, to do all kinds of really cool shit is absolutely mind-blowing. We make use of it in every single dimension of our business, not just from the perspective of, of development and, and strategy deployment, but for uh, reporting, for dynamic updating of, of uh, reports, like this expected future returns report that we're going to develop every quarter now. We've just got a script written in R that's going to aggregate data from all the different sources and automatically generate it with no human intervention and it just gets posted. It's just amazing. That is literally my worst nightmare. I, I had sat through about one semester of C++ in college and it was the most physically painful course I've ever taken. So kudos to you, but at, it, programming for me is is so incredibly difficult. I I'm, admire those that can do it. All right, well, mine is a little bit different. I went skiing 
in Japan this year, which very few know has some of the best powder in the world. You know, Canadians may take that personally, but it they get a ton of snow. And returning from Japan almost feels barbaric. And then they have the most amazing toilets in the world. So we're talking heated seats. They have like 19 different functions that that anyone uh, that has been over there can uh, can remember. But they uh, there's a particular brand I believe called Toto, and you can get in a, a little off Amazon in a, um, a not an adjustment. Uh, you can get a little kit to put on your toilet. You need a electrical outlet, but it is a life changing situation. Once you've sat on a heated toilet seat, uh, you'll never go back. Episode 18 with research affiliates Rob Arnott has a 2017 must-not-miss natural event in mind, which is actually timely, an interesting idea for some holiday gifts for kids. I could say that something utterly magical is our website and its tools for asset allocation, but that would be self-serving, so let me not say that. One of my weird hobbies is to chase solar eclipses. It takes me to all kinds of odd places around the world, and a total solar eclipse is magical. It is an amazing spectacle. I've seen people burst into tears of joy at seeing a total eclipse. Well, next August, I think it's the 21st of August, there's a total eclipse coming across the U.S. for the first time in over 30 years. Cool. Where's it coming? It's going from central Oregon to central South Carolina. Draw a line there between the two and be on that line on August 21. And I I would urge the folks listening to this podcast to make plans and be somewhere on the center line of the eclipse and take in some magic. It is just breathtaking. Sounds like a good idea for the Research Affiliates 2017 annual meeting. (laughs) You can hold it at (laughs) 2 in the morning at one of these locations. Uh, I love it. That's a great idea. For for the listeners, little known fact, Rob was an aspiring astrophysicist. He says the reason he pivoted into finance was uh, there wasn't as much competition from the from the high-end math world as there was in astrophysics. I actually started out as an aerospace engineer because I came from a family of aerospace guys. And until I took about one semester of college where I realized that aerospace engineering wasn't becoming an astronaut, but rather taking classes like statics and dynamics, which made me nauseous. So transferred quickly into, into biotech and moved on from there. Anyway, all right, my useful magical idea is this is an article that was posted by the blog 538, which uh, for listeners, many are familiar. It's a quant blog, Nate Silver, who writes a lot about uh, politics, which interests me very little, as well as sports, which interests me a lot more. Um, but one of one of the staff writers wrote an article that was pretty interesting because it took into account a couple of things. One, it's quant screening, and B, it takes into account kind of the status quo of what's assumed. And the title of the article, this is a couple years old, was Stop Playing Monopoly with Your Kids, parentheses, and Play These Games Instead. And so they went to a board game website called Board Geeks, where people review board games and what they found out was, and they did this for each age bracket, 
they rated all the games and found out that a lot of the highest rated and most reviewed games were games most people had never heard of, like Hive Pocket, Dixit. But a lot of traditional games like Candyland and Monopoly were very lowly rated. And so I don't have any kids. I got seven nieces and nephews, bought a handful of these uh, and took them to Denver last time I was in town, and they love the game. So check that. We'll put it in the show notes. It's a great, uh, a great idea for games. Now, the only, what Rob would probably say, or any quant listening, is there's a little bit of selection bias there in that no four-year-olds or six-year-olds are logging into Board Game Geek and rating these games, but it's probably the adults and parents. So a slight survivorship bias, but so far the games have been money. Episode 19, Jonathan Clements. I kind of feel bad because we surprised and dropped the question on him, but he came up with a really strong answer. Also got another great uh, holiday suggestion from me. Wow, I wish you'd sort of teed this one up before uh, <laughs> beforehand so I had a chance to think about it. Tell you what, I'm going to go first. If you think about something, I'll give you a minute or two to think about. Um, it can be anything. It could be an app, a website, a gift, a philosophy, a thing. Mine today is, uh, and we've had some really weird suggestions on the blog, including an axe, uh, or on the podcast, including an axe, but one of them is... It's a cool website. It's pretty basic. It's not mind-altering or anything, but it's called WoodSnap, and it allows you to take any photograph that you may uh, may have or digital you know, picture, and they'll print it out on a piece of wood. And that may not sound too cool, but we I ordered one, and it ends up being one of the most beautiful ways because it gives the picture a certain element of warmth or depth that you know is is lost i think in in just a digital print or a or traditional print so we'll add that to the show notes on the link if anything you've thought about if not we can just cruise along to the to the ending well i will mention one thing that i i've actually become more focused on in recent years and that is having a period of time between reaching a conclusion and acting upon it I wish I was better at this uh, than I am. I mean, you know, often I find that, you know, the situation flares up. I'm immediately angry, and if I'd waited an hour, everything would have played out completely differently. But it also is hugely important to, to spending and to investment decisions. And part of the reason is, you know, we aren't very good at figuring out what's going to make us happy. So if there is a time period in there, we can ponder whether we're about to do the right thing. But also, when it comes to spending, one of the things that we know is one of the best parts of spending is the anticipation. So if you're going to plan a vacation, plan a a year ahead of time, because that year, as you think about the vacation, is going to be the best part of the vacation. Actually, going on the trip, so-so, afterwards, maybe, but the year in which you think about the vacation and all the things that you might do, that's the best part. And in your head, you can go on hundreds of different vacations. You can think, okay, maybe we'll go to Hawaii. No, we're going to go to Europe. Hey, how about Asia? Having a period of time between when you make a decision and when you act on it is hugely valuable. That's awesome. The uh, you know, On top of that, when you're talking about the vacation idea, is to actually, the research shows too that 
if you pay ahead of time. So, you know, if you're going to pay for that vacation, try to pay for the flight, the hotel and everything ahead of time, because it takes away the emotional pain of paying for it, you know, at the time. So yes, you have you build up that wonderful anticipation of the vacation. I am notoriously last minute. I mean, I'm flying to Canada today's Wednesday on Friday, and I still don't have a ticket yet. And so I'm very aware of this concept and trying to implement it in my life. It's uh, a bit more challenging for me. But, it, but, but going back to, I mean, I cannot think of a single time where time would not have helped a situation, you know, where, where being like, so sending a text message, sending an email, responding to a high emotion conversation. I cannot think of a single time where waiting a day would have hurt. And this goes back to one of the reasons, you know, we took comments off my blog in like 2008, just because I was like, you know, people behave so poorly online anonymously. They say everything, you know, very quickly. It's it's easy to type something in. And I said, I just I don't want to deal with that headache. But that but that to me is such um, profoundly good advice that you know it, I, I'm I'm the world's worst at implementing it, but but trying to be more aware of it. Episode twenty one. Michael Covell took the one suggestion and ran with it with about seven. And mine is a really cool idea that is a traveling restaurant experience. Wonderful, kind of expensive, but a really cool idea. Little things, little things that I love on my phone, Dropbox app, Fox News app. Look, I don't love the Fox News app necessarily because of the content, but what's great when you're traveling, there it's so difficult sometimes to get a live stream on a news channel. And if you have the Fox News app and you piggyback off any cable system in the States and you got a Wi-Fi connection, you can get Fox News live for free. So that's that's great just to always be connected. Slack app, great stuff. Magic Jack app. You know, you you could have a, a, a stateside phone number that anybody can call anywhere you are. Great stuff. That's magic. That's Magic Jack. Magic Jack app. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. And that so one. basically you get like for me, I've got a 703 Virginia phone number. If you call me on it right now, it would ring in Southeast Asia. It doesn't cost you anything. It costs me $12 a year. Wow. That's pretty awesome. I, uh, you yeah. know, the, the, the connectivity, I was watching the Broncos game when I was traveling in Japan this year, and I, the Super Bowl. And I said, being a lifelong Broncos fan, I said, I cannot absolutely miss this. And I learned the, the wonders of VPNs and same sort of thing, routing, because the, they wouldn't stream it. CBS wouldn't stream it in Asia. And so you just, hey, picked up a service you paid 10 bucks for says you're in San Francisco, and it was the absolutely most crystal clear broadcast and kept me from having to listen to it in Japanese. And it was a one I, I, I knew this. I mean, I had news to me. I'd never heard of such a thing anymore. Let me, let me, give, a, let me give a couple more practical ones and then a few love ones for Great. me. Practic, practical one. I've seen you mention this, but I don't think you mentioned one side of the coin. You've talked about the global entry card, which for is just a must. However, for Asia... And I've had it work in Tokyo, Thailand, Vietnam, Taiwan, Beijing, Singapore, KL. The APEC card, the ASEAN uh, card is fabulous. I mean, I've landed at Beijing, 500 people in line for customs, and I've got my APEC card. And I say to the, you know, where's the APEC line? And, you know, basically there's like two people in line. 
And so using the APEC card in Asia is basically like being a diplomat. It's fabulous. We, we used to joke in, in the office, I said, my first interview question, if you come in is, do you have TSA pre-check? Because if you don't, um, and you try and you travel at all, you're an absolute moron because you go into these cattle cars of hundreds of people. And I just had an absolute near meltdown when I was coming back from Canada and I go to the, the goes line or whatever it's called, the global entry. And the guy says, uh, you know, global entry only. I said, yeah, you know, I got, I have a, a membership, whatever. He says, do you have your card? And I had actually never been carded before. Usually you just walk right up to the kiosk and go. And he says, no, you have to have your card. And I didn't pack it. And the trauma of having to wait in the normal line. I mean, it only took whatever. This one wasn't terrible, 15 minutes. But I was so sad and depressed. Anything that will make the travel experience better it, to me, it's worth worth its weight in gold. All right, any more? Or was that the last yeah, one? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Keep going. Three, three, Keep going. Three, I'm not going to stop you. Three, three. Well, you know, I are you familiar with the APEC card though? I mean, it's... no. I mean, I I have there's there's some um, of the global entry. It ends up translating to a few other networks, but I don't know if it translates to APEC or something else. For your audience, for your audience, APEC. It's for the ASEAN entry, and it is just if you travel anywhere in Asia. And you don't have the APEC card. It, it's it's like what you're talking about, the pre-check. Okay, on the love stuff for me, I mean, as this has happened in the last four years. Give me fish sauce. Just give me fish sauce. I mean, it's, uh, I, I don't care. I just, I, I'm now addicted to fish sauce. Give me pork and fish sauce. Two I, others. I, I, thought, wait, I, wait, I thought I thought you were saying the name of it was "Give Me Fish Sauce." No, I, what, no, just, just fish just, sauce just saying, in general. I don't care. So, I mean, there's so many. What do you, there's what so do you, many. There's so many varieties. I can't give one variety, but I mean, I've be, you know, as a, as a as an American now in Asia, I've become addicted to fish sauce for sure. You just put it on everything. Not everything, but I mean, it's just I don't know. It's kind of, and I'm not a guy that would ever use salt in the states. So I guess this is kind of a an unfortunate development later in my life. This is like the Asian version of salt, right? I, I used uh, I used an Asian um, David Chang, the uh, the chef for Momofuku, sells a Korean chili paste that, that's kind of like a Korean ketchup on his website called Sam Sauce. I'm probably murdering the name. Similar sort of thing. When I have it, it goes on every single thing I have till I run out and forget about it. But that was that was one of mine from a prior episode. All right, keep keep going. Two more two more loves that I think are my my I have to have each day. Uh number two would be Ituin tea. So I have shipped in wherever I am in the world, I will have shipped in it twin tea from Japan, uh, just bottled tea. I know I'm, this sounds lazy, but I'm just addicted to the cold, unsweetened Japanese green tea. I T O E N dot com. Fabulous teas. I mean, I drink stuff that basically tastes like bass beer, but it's tea. Never heard of that. Yeah, great stuff. Great stuff. My number one love, and this is really tough because I just got engaged. Well, congratulations. My number one love. My number one love will always be. Walking the streets of Saigon. And I don't think this is ever going to change because when you walk the streets of Saigon, it's like no other city in the world. And what it gives you, you know, in a place where it's always over 90 is it always gives you motorbikes everywhere. Right. So, you know, a city of I don't know how many millions of motorbikes, six million or whatever. But if you think about walking in New York City and you see cars drive by, you don't get to see who's in the car. You don't get to see the model in the car, right? You might see her face if you're lucky. But in Saigon, you walk the streets and all you see are mini skirts and heels on motorbikes. That doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. 
And that, even, even though I'm engaged, I'm sure my fiance will listen to this podcast, she would know why, even if I'm not doing anything, I still want to see. I still want to see. And it's the only place in the world like that. That's beautiful. I, I love that one. The, uh, you've, you've won the award one for most prolific amount of, uh, ideas for this, for this segment. And that last one, uh, is great. I'm, I'm, it's on my list. I've never been to Saigon. So it's, uh, it's gotta be on the to do. Uh, great list. We'll add all those to the show notes. You've just increased the workload for my, uh, co-host Jeff about two hours having to write all these down, which is great. All right. Mine is, and I just remembered this one today. It's a website, but it's more of a event. It's called Outstanding in the Field. And basically what it is, it's this traveling dinner where if they come to your city, so say Los Angeles, and it's a group that partners with local farmers and local chefs. So they'll grab a bunch of local chefs from the top restaurants, a bunch of local farmers. Then they'll host it in a beautiful location traditionally on a farm and they'll get a bunch of winemakers that are hopefully local. Some areas of the country, obviously that's not possible, but use local food, have this beautiful dinner with dozens. And in this case, there was probably a hundred people on this local farm in LA, which by the way, I had never even heard of that. There was an actual, I think it was called Waddles farm. And the tickets are expensive. I mean, I think a, a dinner is, is over a hundred bucks. It might even be 200 bucks, but I, I ended up finding mine on Craigslist, of course, because I'm a cheap bastard. But but total mama's boy. So I take my mom, and they let you walk around the farm and give you free wine and appetizers. Then you sit down to a family style dinner in a beautiful location, and it's a it's a it's a memory or experience that certainly you know you're not going to do every month. But I know they have them, and it's a you go up on the website outstanding in the field, check it out. But that the one in San Francisco they do like on the beach in a hidden cove. So anyway, really cool um, nature style thing. Put it on the to do list. I don't think they travel to Asia yet, so you'll have to wait till I sound. I sound so uh, I don't know, so perverted that my idea is looking at thousands of women in many skirts and heels driving by in their motorbikes, and you give this nice story about tasting wine with your mom. I sound like a complete deviant. Well, my mom famously at this dinner. You know, she's a, she was so, so classic uh, growing up, and particularly when I was younger. And and you know, we went to go sit down, and of course there was a a mother and daughter next to us, and so she immediately grabs my elbow, <laughs> sits me next to the the cute girl, so that I could talk to her instead. So great, great, great mom trying to set me up, but uh, but both great ideas. I I love both of them. Episode 23 has two ideas from Greg Fisher that is perfect around this time of year. And mine is a very simple rule of thumb, pun intended. Also, you know, one of the things that we've done at Gerstein Fisher and I've done personally now over the years, and and we, we were pretty active in a few small not-for-profits that do this kind of thing is, is mentoring. Um, you know, the, the idea of, you know, finding people uh, that you can mentor in life in some way, in whatever way you can do that, uh, I think the rewards for doing that are so fantastic. I think of so many people that have come in and out of, out of our world over the years. And then, of course, I think of the people that mentored me, and I'm thankful. I would just say that, you know, if you have any opportunity in your life to 
uh, you know, give in that way and, you know, help others in their careers or their, you know, their successes, both personal and business. I, I think it's a, a wonderful thing to be able to do in any way that you can. And it's a very rewarding thing. You know, I, I've, there's two thoughts that immediately sprung into my mind. One, I was just back for a high school reunion in North Carolina. And it's, I have so much nostalgia and memories about, in particular, coaches. And it may have been in athletics, but also your favorite teacher or two and how impactful those people were, you know, in, in my life in particular in thinking about, you know, like you said, paying it forward in some fashion, which, by the way, one of the most shocking things to me, you know, it, it, having talking about investing on these podcasts is also that, that personal finance is not part of any high school curriculum. At least it wasn't part of mine. And it, I don't even think it's a part of most college curriculums is is uh is that something you've ever thought about where most most investors we come you know have such a you know baseline tough understanding of investing is is that something you've ever thought about or or looked into yeah, there there are there are actually one or two not for profits I'm aware of that are trying to bring finance and business into the classroom, but it's it's not pervasive. It, it's definitely still not something that's popular, and certainly when we were kids, it didn't happen at all. So I I think like more energy around that would be great. Well, shoot me shoot me those names after the podcast. I'll add them to the show notes and certainly look into them because it's something that we spend a lot of time thinking about and just even having the basic down, I think, would, would take people so far uh, to, to get a head start on a lot of things we talked about today, even, even the basics that I think would be interesting. All right, mine today is going to be super short and weird. And, you know, we've named a lot of beautiful, useful things in the past, everything from apps to websites to philosophies to things. This is one I actually heard somewhere else. And most people that know me, I go to a lot of conferences. I tend to be very aloof and forgetful. And so despite the fact my, my mom raised me very uh, in a Southern household with lots of etiquette and properness, Things like even remembering where the the bread and what 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 glass you're supposed to be drinking at at a table full of twenty people, and there's a way that if you put your finger and thumbs together, your left hand will make a B and your right hand will make a D for bread and drink, and that will help you remember what drink you're supposed to be drinking out of instead of drinking everyone's drink to your right and left. So <laughs> I, I think I got that from the Tim, Tim Ferriss podcast. It was another podcast, maybe Tim. So thanks, Tim. Um, but that's one that I, I use to this day. Uh, so, so, uh, Boy, to- you know, you and I have a lot in common. We'll have to talk offline, but, uh, you reminded me of a, a story. Uh, when I first got started in business, I, I remember, um, I, I, I never did my MBA. I, I did other things, you know, CFA and other financial, education but I I think uh, you know when you when you go to a certain type of school and do your MBA you probably learn you know presentation skills or what fork to use over dinner and I I never picked up on those things it took me about 15 years to figure it all out well well I mean having been to enough finance presentations I don't think any of my any of my finance buddies for the most part have, have, have got the presentation class down that's for another day Episode 26, Jeremy Schwartz has an app suggestion, as do I. I actually contribute three suggestions that might make life a little easier and a little boozier. 
Um, you know, this is, I, I thought you might ask this question. Uh, and I think I, and a lot of your, your, your followers or, or your, your questions have, have gone towards the apps on the phones. And so I started looking through my apps and saying, all right, so which one of these things might other people not have used before? Um, one of them is, is interesting. We both do a lot of travel. Um, I think one of them is something, it was actually my wife had this idea of, of an app and then started looking around and actually they had developed it already. Of course, you always think you have the greatest ideas until, and then you look and, and, and people have it. But, you know, you go to these restaurants and, you know, a lot of them have long wait times and you say, they should really just have an app that you can book ahead of time. Um, and so then you, you don't have to get there and, and get in line for these long waits. And in my, in my area, there's a lot of the restaurants are already using this app, and I'm hoping more and more restaurants join it so that you can put yourself in line, don't have to wait in these long waits. But the, the app is called No Wait, and, you know, you can, you can get in line, and then they keep track of your place in line. You can show up after, you know, if you had an hour wait normally in, in some of these things. So I think that No Wait app is actually is an interesting one that, I, that we've been using a lot. There's, there's two others sort of in that vein that I use. One is called, I think, Reserve. And if you're not in one of the major cities in the U.S., it's probably not going to be that useful, but it's kind of like a Uber of uh, restaurant apps where it gets you a reservation and you actually just have a credit card on file. You don't pay. They just bring you the bill at the end, and that's that. Um, and there's another kind of hilarious one that we <laughs> I've seen, and you see this in kind of the bullish cycles, you know, where in your – seven, eight bull market. And so you start to see a little silliness where I remember this in the late nineties, all these apps that are at that point, it was websites, but you could sign up and get $30 for doing nothing other than signing up, et cetera. There's one called Hooch, which just got funded for a million and a half that for $9 a month, it allows you to go to any number of bars in your city and get one free drink a day. And so you basically break even if you just have one drink. And if you're an alcoholic, this is an app for you. <laughs> but but it, it's funny to me how, how in the world possibly this app could make money. But not only that, they have a guest feature where you don't even have to sign up, but you just get one free drink a month anyway. And so <laughs> I've been using it the last few months as we find any restaurants or bars to go to in L.A. that would be going to anyway. been using the Hooch app, which is right. kind of funny. Um, all right, so the one that I have, again, is also an app. And for those who are like going to concerts, who like going to sporting events, this is particularly interesting right now uh, in L.A. We've got the Dodgers-Cubs game tonight in LCS. It's called SeatGeek, and it aggregates all the other sporting event tickets. So, you know, instead of having to go to StubHub and then Craigslist and all these other places, this one aggregates all the values so you can very quickly find in either a section or sorted by best deal. And it's been incredibly helpful on being able to find a ticket for, for a, a good event or venue. Anyway, CP, check it out. Episode 27 with Porter Stansberry has a great personal finance suggestion that I love. And mine is a little different, but also pretty interesting as well. Just uh, talking about drawdowns and losses, if you think about that, the fact that Warren Buffett, who's the greatest buy and hold investor ever, the greatest fundamental investor ever, and one of the greatest businessmen ever, he has seen his Berkshire Hathaway holdings decline by 50% twice in the last 15 years. If it can happen to him, trust me, it will certainly happen to you. I think that uh, if there's anything you can walk away with from this podcast is 
learn more about managing risk, learn more about hedging, and find a way to get your portfolio so that it has less risk than the market as a whole and can return you know, around what the market is giving you. If you can do that, you're going to sleep a lot better at night and you're going to stick with your investments for longer, which is the real key to success. There's a Munger quote along those lines where he says something like, if you're not comfortable watching your quoted shares portfolio, meaning stocks, go down by 50%, you have no business buying stocks at all. You know, a lot of people, they kind of think of that as a theoretical, but they never really, you know, say it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen to me. Of course, until it does, then it's a little more problematic. I've also always told people that they should save at least $50,000 in cash before they ever buy an investment. And you wouldn't believe the hoots and the howls and the elitists and the you don't care about the little guy comments that I get. But the truth of the matter is, until you have the discipline to do that, you do not have the discipline to be successful as an investor, and you do not know enough about business. <laughs> so trust me, do all the paper trading that you want. But save $50,000 before you buy a stock. I promise it's going to save you a lot of money in tuition. And by the way, why work hard at something? If you make 10% on $50,000, that's 5000 bucks. That's worth doing. If you're making 10% on $5,000, it's not worth all the trouble. Well, it's funny you mention that because there's been this huge development of a lot of these apps targeted millennials. They're raising tens of millions of venture capital dollars. And I've been a very vocal kind of critic on some of these. And there's at least three very famous ones. And I say, look, you know, this is kind of on you, millennials. You're, you just can't do math because the average account size at three of these is like a hundred or two hundred dollars. And these apps, you know, they're beautiful, wonderful user interface. They look really cool. They'll take your deposits and, and savings and invest. But the average account size is around a hundred, two hundred bucks and they charge you a dollar a month. So for a hundred dollar account, that's 12% fee per year. Meb, we're in the wrong business. Let's get into that business. It's a phenomenal business. I actually contacted three of them. Well, first of all, I said, why wouldn't I just start a free version of this and invest in our own funds and not charge any fees, you know, this subscription model. But I'm also kind of, I was a little jaded. I was like, well, the morons that are signing up, it's kind of on you. If you're, if you're going to pay 10% fees to invest your money, then you, you kind of deserve it. I'm sorry. You know, it, it's, oh man. But the, the math doesn't even work out until they get up above a certain amount. And again, going back to what you said, I firmly agree with you on the cash balance. And two, I also agree when you're talking about risks and hedging, one of our favorite quotes, and I, I don't know who this is attributed to, but is the best way to get rid of a risk is to not take it in the first place. You know, people that put all their money in stocks or whatever it may be, you know, yes, you can hedge it through certain means, but two, also think about you don't need to take that much risk in the first place. And the vast majority of what we see with financial advisors and registered investment advisors is they put in, the, in a lot of the robo advisors now, they put people in portfolios that are far too aggressive for them to handle, which, which is tough to live through those sort of drawdowns. The one comment I'll make on the beautiful, useful, magical is comes from my mom, who's my number one podcast listener, and she used to have a quote, still says it, it's basically, life isn't a dress rehearsal, meaning, you know, the, the time you spend every day doing what we're doing. And look, we talk a lot about investing on this podcast. It's the main focus and spend every day of my life in this world. And I love it, of course, but also, you know, this is your only one shot you got at this, at this lifetime. Porter, I know you do a great job of work-life balance as well. So well, that's one of the things we talk about that I think people do a very poor job of 
is they spend a lot of time optimizing how to make money and then invest it and then very little time optimizing how best to spend it and enjoy it. Porter, any final thoughts? Anything good you're reading lately? What are you up to the rest of the year? Are you, yeah, uh, yeah I, I understand better now what you mean by your, uh, your little uh, beautiful magical thinking thing. And I will tell you that I think the real big secret to my success was that it's, it's going to sound hokey, okay? But I think there's a lot of stuff out there, especially on social media, about quote-unquote choosing yourself. You know, James Altucher wrote that book about how you can develop your career. But I think there's a lot of narcissism and a lot of self-centeredness on social media these days. And a lot of stuff I see is all about take care of yourself first and this sort of stuff. And I've always had the exact opposite mantra. I've always chosen others. And, you know, you've been to my conferences, so you know I'm not just – this is not BS. I built this business because I really thought that people weren't paying enough attention to Steve Sugarroot. Well, that was a great way to launch our company, and we've been successful because I knew Steve was brilliant, and I got the public to pay attention to him. So but it wasn't about me. And you know, I recruited David Eifert for the same reasons. I knew he was a brilliant guy. And I wanted the public to see him. And I've been a good partner, and I've been a good spouse, and I've been a good friend because you put other people first. And you just do that one foot at a time, day after day, and then all of a sudden, you know what happens? You look back 20 years later, and you've got all these people that, that really care about you and are willing to help you succeed too. That, that's my thing. You, you talked about g- getting a job, whatever. It's so easy. You deliver value for an entrepreneur, and you volunteer to provide that value up front. Keep doing that. You'll have a job before you know it. So choose others. That's my magical thinking. And, and not only that, but the behavioral research backs you up, you know, and, and a lot of people, the research shows that, you know, the money you spend on other people, of course, we always talk about mo- spending money on experiences rather than things, but, but also spending money on other people and doing things for other people gives you vastly more pleasure and happiness over and joy over time than actually spending money on yourself and particularly things. We'll talk more about that on future podcasts, but I, I think that's a great point. Episode 28, Larry Swedrow has a great investment backtester website that I've been using for years, and I must have forgotten mine because I don't have one. There are two things I'd recommend if you're not familiar with and you're into analyzing mutual funds and investments. There's a website called PortfolioVisualizer.com. They have a regression tool that allows you to look at what loadings or exposure a fund has to each of these factors, and it will also tell you whether the fund has been generating true alpha or not once you account for the exposure to these factors. So that's number one. And for those who are interested in real finance, I'd recommend following John Cochran's blog. That's the only blog uh, besides Professor Damodaran's that I follow, besides my own, of course. The, uh, we're going to add links to both of those in the show notes. I, uh, Portfolio Visualizer is a great way also. It has the ability to, to backtest various allocations, which is a lot of fun for investors to do, per- particularly because we believe the exact allocation doesn't matter a whole heck of a right. lot you know, over time. Episode 29, Tom McClellan, two great investing classic books. If you want to be a chartist, there's, the first thing you should do is get a book called Technical Analysis of Stock Trends by Edwards and McGee, which is considered to really be the Bible of basic bar charting. 
But there's another book that if you want to be a really good chartist that people should look at, and they've probably never heard of. It's by a guy named Edward Tufte, T-U-F-T-E, and it's called The Visual Display of Quantitative Information. And he talks about how you make an elegant chart and how you can display information in, in a useful way. But the, the one big pearl of wisdom out of that book is what he likes to call the data-to-ink ratio that you have in your chart. And that's basically referring to if you've got your chart cluttered up with lines and information and doodads and text boxes and other stuff that's, that's not the data, then you're contaminating the chart and take, stealing the message. So you want to strip away everything that you can that's not essential that's, that's not data and think about optimizing your data-to-ink ratio. And when you, when you can do that and get rid of the, the, the junk and see the, what the data are actually showing without covering up with a bunch of lines and things, then you can get better insights. So that's the one pearl of wisdom that I would leave with your listeners. I have that book on my shelf, and I'll also post it to the show notes. And it's one of my all-time pet peeves. You know, you do such a good job of it where if you look at charts, you should be able to take, you know, have the initial takeaway almost immediately. It should be somewhat obvious. And I go to so many of these conferences and these guys will throw up these charts and you can't understand what's going on and the fonts are size five and it's just so bad. So I think that's actually a great suggestion. Well, look, Tom. John Bollinger had a, had a, had a note about that. He, he said... This is John Bollinger, the famous analyst who created Bollinger Bands. He said, no matter where you travel in the universe, you will never be far from a Fibonacci expansion level or a gain line. Episode 31, Mark Yusko has a book recommendation that I've actually never heard of. And mine is one of my top travel adventure trips I've ever been on. I'll kind of wrap it into to three little things all around the same thing. Um, so one is, is one of the most useful things uh, I think is, is getting outdoors. Um, my thing is fly fishing. I also like skiing, but, but, uh, there's, there's something about being on a river, uh, almost in a meditative state. And that's the second thing that goes to this, which is, is meditation. I'm still not very good at it, but it is an amazing practice. Mindfulness is an amazing practice. And all this wraps up to, the one thing that really changed my life and the way I think about investing was a book called The Dow Jones Averages, and Dow is spelled T-A-O. And it was a book, uh, you can only get it now, used on Amazon, um, it's out of print, but it was written by this guy, Bennett Goodspeed, and he basically wrote about the merging of Chinese philosophy and investing and how you need to use your whole brain in order to be a great investor. Most people think investing is all about the past and looking at data and being analytical, and it's not. It's about the future, which can't be quantified, right? It, it, it's that merging of past and future and being a whole-brained investor. And so all of that, which is, you know, get outside, spend time alone, solitude, you know, you can't think if you're, you know, bathed in everyone else's views. You need to be away. You need to be in that, I love your word magical, in that magical state of being alone with your own thoughts. So you can actually know what you really think. That's why I love to write. Because if I don't, if I can't read what I wrote, how do I know what I think? And that's, a, that's, a good, that's a good segue into mine because the one I have today, and I don't think I've used this one. I apologize if I have. If I have, it bears repeating, was a actual bike trip I did 
within the last five years, but it's called the San Juan Hut System. And, I, and I'm an okay mountain biker. I'm not great. But you basically go from the town of Telluride, which is in southwest Colorado, to the town of Moab. And it takes, I think, five nights or something. But the cool part is every night you stay in a hut that's stocked with food and beer and everything else. So, and I, I think beds and sleeping bags, but, 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 but meaning like cots and, and bunk beds. But it has everything else. All you have to do is bike in between the places each day. And it was one of the most magical, wonderful experiences. Now, granted, by the end of the, the last day, I, I was kind of having a huge meltdown because I had crashed probably 40 times on this trip. And <laughs> I love had, it. And it had enough. But check it out. We'll post a, a link on the show notes. Um, and it, it anyway, a really awesome, awesome experience. Episode 32 is the Pier Street Crew with a couple of suggestions, both travel-related. All three of us travel-related, actually, and mine involves skiing. One of theirs involves a boat, and the other involves places to stay. Yeah, I got a couple. I mean, I got a couple off the top of my head, like, useful. I mean, my favorite app of all time, by far, is Hotel Tonight. Um, I don't know if anybody uses Hotel Tonight. You have used it, but, like... I'm a huge promoter. Uh, Sam Shank, the founder, is a friend of ours. But, uh, I mean, last-minute hotel bookings, they curate hotels for you. I mean, I, when I travel, I don't even book hotels in advance. I just, when I land on the airport in New York or San Fran, I pull out the app and I see what's available and I book hotels. And it's like, uh, just, I don't know if you've used it, but to me, like, it's the It's, 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 it's arguably, it's, it's definitely my top five. Ever. I love it. Yeah. We've never been skunked. Yeah. What's, uh, what's your useful... My, my beautiful, useful thing is Brett, um, and I don't know if this counts, but uh, for me, one of my, uh, and Brew will probably say the same thing, uh, both of us have had this really interesting life experience, uh, this thing, this beautiful, beautiful, wonderful thing called Semester at Sea in our lives, and uh, it's not an app, it's not a shiny thing that you can just go grab, it's an experience you can have, and you can only have it one time in your life, and that's when you're a college student. And you can only go on it once, although Bruce somehow snuck in and did it twice. But um, <laughs> but the reality is uh, that, for me, has been like probably one of the most impactful things uh, that changed the trajectory of my life and the way I per- uh, perceived the world and my place in it. And, and Brew and I both went on semesters here. We went on different semesters. But basically what it is is uh, you are on a uh, large ship. It's a floating campus. You're on it with four or 500 other students. And you literally travel around the world. You take your courses while you're at sea, and you visit all these countries. You know, my trip we went on 14 different countries. That sounds like a wonderful long giant spring break. Uh, yeah, it, it is sort of like that, but it's like this. They call it a voyage of discovery, which it is because you not only do you learn so much about the world and everything, you know, all these places. You also get to reflect on your own, your your place in the world. And then um, for, it's great entrepreneurial training because you're basically placed in these situations every time you pull into a country. You don't hold the currency. You don't know the language. Uh, you, and you've never been there before, and you're trying to go figure something out. And it's like rinse and repeat. Do it over and over and over again, and you get pretty darn good at it, and, you're, and it builds your confidence to be able to handle just about any situation that life throws at you. You know, this includes, like, people get robbed, and, you know, there's a normal course of life happens when you're in these places, but... Uh, that, that, that's really probably amazing. my biggest regret as an undergrad was not studying abroad. And, and my thinking, idiotic thinking at the time, I was an engineer. I was like, wow, it's going to be too hard to go study, 
you know, differential equations in Spain or something, and I don't speak the language. So I said, well, the, the next best thing for me would just be go take summer school in Boulder, which some people, depending, would say that might might be like a different country. But um, love love <laughs> that as well. Uh, my quick one is a lot of people don't know this, but if you're a skier, some of the best skiing in the world is in Japan. And so in addition to the wonderful, they get some of the best and most and driest snow in the world, and some of the best um, cultural experience as well. So we got we got three travel focused ideas in one of the best domains and and uh, curated writing about skiing in Japan is called a website called Powder Hounds, and it's written by uh, a, a, a guy that basically skis three hundred days a year and and lives the good life. So check it out; it's a wonderful experience. Thanks to everyone for listening today. I hope it's been a lot of fun. I hope you've got some new app recipe book ideas and everything in between that will keep you busy in 2017. Uh, again, really appreciate everyone listening to the podcast. You've helped make it a great success. Please, uh, again, f- send us feedback anytime, feedback at themebfavorshow.com. You can always leave a review on iTunes as well as subscribe to the podcast. My new favorite app for listening to podcasts in general is called Castro, by the way. Really love it. want to wish everyone a wonderful holidays and a happy new year. Thanks for listening, friends, and good investing. Good investing.